Have you ever wondered why exactly it is that things usually sound better at home than they do on stage, in auditions, or even in lessons? It's easy to chalk it up to nerves or assume that you just have to practice more or get more performance experience. And sure, those things certainly are part of the puzzle, but a lot of times that's not really the true root cause. If you've been confused by the inconsistency of your performances, I put together a free four-minute quiz called the Mental Skills Audit, which will help you pinpoint your mental strengths and weaknesses and figure out what exactly to adjust and tweak in your preparation for more consistently optimal performances. You can take the Mental Skills Audit online at bulletproofmusician.com MSA. That's MSA for Mental Skills Audit. And again, it's 100% free, and it'll take just four minutes to get your results emailed to you as a PDF. This is Noah Kageyama, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Musician Podcast. Every Sunday morning, we'll take a look at a new research-based tip or technique to help you practice more effectively or perform better under pressure. And on the first Sunday of every month, I'll have a guest from the music, sport, or research world who will share their insights on how we can all be a little more awesome in the practice room and on stage. Today, in episode three of the three-part What Audition Preparation Strategies Work Best for You miniseries, you'll hear from Detroit Symphony oboist Sarah Lewis as she responds to the same three questions that guest co-host Rob Knopper and I asked her DSO colleagues Caroline Code in episode one and Amanda Blakey in episode two. Specifically, what did you do to stay in a good headspace backstage? What did your audition day routine look like? And what did your practice look like in the final week leading up to audition day? I was watching this video that my kids have started getting into, two-set violin. It's these two, I think, Australian guys who make videos about classical music. And they're talking about the 16 different types of people backstage, right? So there's like, there's like the practicer who's like trying to get everything down. There's the performer who's just like running everything in performance type mode. There's the person doing yoga. There's like the person eating bananas. So I was curious... What did you find most helpful to kind of keep yourself occupied and stay in game shape? Well, in past auditions, I've definitely found like stretching really helpful. And once they've given me the list of which excerpts are on the audition, I've sort of done just a mental practice through each one. And then I like to do a real fundamental warm up. For me, that's long tones. So I really get my embouchure set, get my air going the right way and get in a really good place physically for playing. This last audition that I took, I was a brand new mom and I was breastfeeding and I actually had to use my breast pump in the half hour of warm-up time I had. (laughs) So it was sort of silly. I'm like organizing my excerpts and pumping milk at the same time. But in a way, I think that was actually almost a good thing because it was a bit of a distraction from the nerves of the audition. So I think whatever can get you in that place of feeling ready to go and like you're in your performance mode. Out of curiosity, through process of elimination over the course of auditions, have you identified certain things that are a definite no-no that have not worked well? I do know in certain auditions where I haven't done as well, I've noticed when I go back and think about what happened. I remember myself being a bit 
scattered. Like my mind wasn't focused on what I needed to do to play my best. I was maybe noticing things about the room or thinking about what the audition panel might think of me or thinking of negative thoughts rather than really focusing on only having useful thoughts in those moments. So just using all your mental energy towards what you need to do to play your best. Do you mind elaborating on useful thoughts a little bit more? Is it an excerpt by excerpt thing or is it general playing related or? For me, it's just like if I notice myself thinking, oh, they're not going to like me or, oh, I have this flaw that I need to fix and, oh, it's probably not going to go well or, you know, all these negative thoughts. Instead, I try to think of three things that I want to focus on when I'm in the audition room or on stage. And for me in this recent audition, I think it was number one was take a really deep, good breath. I found that to be helpful in um, calming my nerves and relaxing my muscles and and making it easier for me to, to play my best as if I take a really deep breath into the lower stomach. So I think about deep breath and remembering the uh, emotion word that I have for each excerpt, which is knowing exactly what character or emotion you want for the excerpt. So for me, it was, okay, I'm going to take a really great breath. I'm going to focus on the emotion. And I also set an intention for the audition. And I think sometimes it varies, but I think my most recent intention was my goal is to make the listener feel the emotion that I'm thinking of or that I'm playing For me, it was really helpful just focusing on three things that kept out all those other dangerous negative thoughts (laughs) from creeping up. Do you remember what some of the emotion words were for each excerpt? I took an audition in June and then was selected as one of two people who were given a trial. And then in our trial, we had to do an excerpt round with the orchestra. And for that one, I remember... For instance, there's Brahms Violin Concerto, which is a pretty challenging excerpt. But my emotion word for that was love. And I also wrote Kinley on it, which is my daughter's name. And it just was amazing how it helped me. You know, all those other little things or details kind of can bombard your head during the moment. But just having that emotion and that that word, my daughter's name, helped me really get into the the mood that I think Brahms might have wanted. How long did you focus on the words you wrote down before you felt like you were in the mood of those words? Just like a couple seconds, I think, at the beginning. But I also tried to think of those words while I was practicing and doing mock auditions. And also... Ravel Latambo de Couperin was uh, one of the excerpts. It's a big oboe excerpt. And I just read a little bit more about Ravel and why he wrote that. And I kind of had this idea in my head about that excerpt that I hadn't really thought of before, which was someone's fond memories of wonderful friends from many years back. So I, I tried to put myself into that idea or emotion. Next, we zoom out a little bit to find out what Sarah found helpful to do on the day of the audition. Walk us through your ideal day of the audition routine, from your wake-up time to the actual moment of playing. On the audition day, 
Well, I kind of think of a few different things you want to have at optimal level, which is, well, for me, it's my reads. I've made them all, but I want to make sure that I'm choosing the best read and that I've soaked it the right amount and that my oboe is at optimal working condition so that I check to make sure there's no water in the keys and make sure it's adjusted well. And then I kind of think about like mind, body, and spirit. I think sleep is really important. So if you can sleep as much as you can, that's awesome. But at the same time, it's hard because you don't want to feel this pressure that you have to sleep a lot. So that's a whole other issue. But I would wake up at the time that I felt comfortable waking up and usually had a routine of waking up, if at all possible. If I had a really early audition, I would try to get in the routine of waking up really early. Yeah, I'd try to get a good night's rest and be really hydrated and eat a healthy meal. For me, it's helpful to do something like yoga and just really getting that tension out and get some circulation going and um, making sure your mind is healthy, that you're thinking useful thoughts, productive thoughts, um, rather than, gosh, what are they going to think of me or what if this goes wrong? And the mind and also spirit, just for me, like reminding myself that I'm grateful and um, because it's at the time of the audition day, there's really not much more preparation you can do, in my opinion. Do you remember specific types of gratitude? Because I think we know that we're supposed to be grateful for things, but sometimes in the moment it's hard to think of what to be grateful for because we're just stressed out. Yeah, I, well, I remember Oprah talking about, you know, before she goes to bed, she writes in a gratitude journal, and my mom does this too, and she told me about it. So I've kind of tried to get in the habit of at least thinking about a few things every day that I'm grateful for. And I think it's a really good exercise to change our perspective a little bit. I don't know. I feel like every day I'm grateful for my my baby and husband and family. And sometimes it's a little thing like I'm grateful that my read still works okay and that, you know, or something silly like that. Or I'm grateful I didn't have any traffic on the way to the audition. So you mentioned breakfast and waking up and yoga. And then once you are in the audition, you have a series of words and ways to get yourself in the zone. But in terms of dealing with the group warm-up room and the personal warm-up room, do you have an approach or like a certain amount of time you'll warm up or run-throughs that you do that you have planned to do for an audition day? If I have time, I like to listen to a recording of each of my excerpts again. Of In the warm-up room. Yeah, if I have enough time. Yeah. Just to get myself into that zone of really familiarizing myself with the music. And then if I have time, I'll do a little mental practice through each excerpt, exactly what I want to do. And then I'll take my warm-up readout and do some long tones and anything that I feel like will really help me get in a good place playing-wise. You have a dedicated warm-up read, so you don't play on your audition well, read? Well, it'll probably just be a backup read, okay. um, because I like to wait until about 15 minutes before I play to soak up my audition read. So if it's too early, the read can get over-soaked, and, and so I have a sort of a backup read, warm-up mm-hmm. read. And yeah, I just try to make sure I'm getting the fundamentals really in place. And then I'll go to excerpts. I won't run them, but I'll 
maybe just go over a few tricky spots, just nitpick in certain places, just do short spots. Um, then maybe some more long tones. And then as I soak up my audition read, I'll probably do a little stretching and just releasing of tension, um, maybe some deep breaths and, uh, and also reminding myself what I'm going to think about when I'm on stage. Did you ever have to deal with sudden doubts when you hear somebody else warming up and they sound really good or? Yeah. My teacher in my undergrad once said, people warming up will always sound better in your mind than they really do. So I just tried to tell myself if I think they sound amazing and they're so much better than me, I try to remind myself I have good things about my playing too and, and I wish them the best. Sure. Um, oh, I actually yeah. have one um, little trick that I learned that I thought was kind of helpful, which was from this class I took in Toronto um, on the stage in auditions, which was um, a breathing exercise. As she mentioned that if you take an extra long exhale and then your inhale is about half as long as that, that's the correct ratio to really lower the blood pressure and calm the body. And I've found that to be really helpful between excerpts in an audition is just to exhale for like four full seconds and release the tension in my body and then inhale. And for me personally, that's been huge to help with nerves and shakiness. Just one of those or multiple of those breaths? Just like one really seemed to be helpful between each excerpt, just a long four second exhale and then a good inhale. Then we zoom out again to find out what Sarah's practice looked like in the last week leading up to the audition. The focus is on audition day, but generally when you have one week left before the audition, what does your practice look like? What do you spend the most time doing as the audition is starting to approach? I still try to do a lot of recording and at that point, I'm trying to cover more excerpts during the day than just just focusing a lot on, say, two or three excerpts. I'm trying to go through quite a bit, so I'm covering the whole list every two or three days. And also really finishing touches on my reads so that I don't have to, you know, make a brand new read a couple days before the audition. And lots of fundamentals, especially the day before and two days before, I find for me it's really helpful to do a lot of long tone exercises to get everything working really well. Mentally, I've, um, before my most recent audition, I was feeling pretty nervous. And so I just decided, you know what, I'm just going to write down every possibility that I'm nervous about <laughs> and then make a plan to prevent that from happening. And then I'm also going to write down every possibility that I'm excited about and then see what I can do to have that possibility actually happen, which I found really helpful. And I realized there, I think I wrote down like 25 things I was worried would happen. <laughs> I think a lot of times in the back of our minds, we feel this nervousness. And I think when we really pinpoint exactly what's causing that and get really honest with us and figure out exactly why our subconscious is freaking out, that's really the point at which we can find a solution and start feeling better. So for me, it was like 
I'm nervous that I'm going to get water in my keys or that my reed will feel out of tune or my embouchure won't be very strong or that the uh, audition panel won't like the tempo I take in this excerpt or something like that. And then I realized, oh, all of these things have things that I can do to work to prevent them. So. Do you remember how many of them actually happened? How many of the bad things yeah. happened? I think most of my nightmares were prevented <laughs> from doing that, from from really focusing on what I needed to do, like make sure I'm swabbing enough so I don't get water in my elbow. Or yeah, I think it was helpful. I'm sure some of them, like I wasn't completely comfortable on my read, but that was another thing that I tried to prepare for and prepared mentally. So when it came time, I found a way to push through and. Because I was also curious if anything unplanned went wrong on audition day, as it were. Because I think there's this idea that we have to plan everything perfectly, we have to prepare perfectly, we have to play perfectly, but yeah. invariably something that we couldn't have foreseen does happen, and still people win. Yeah. And so I was wondering, did you have something like that that you could not have prepared for that was like bad, but was fine at the end of the day? In my audition for Second Oboe, with the DSO, when Heather, the personnel manager, came to get me, I said, okay, thanks. And I put my reed in my mouth to just get the spit off of it, and I matched it in, into my tooth. <laughs> and it ruined it, so I had to use my backup reed. But I think it almost was a good thing, because it forced me to like really hunker down and make this thing work <laughs> when it wasn't my most comfortable reed. So I think a lot of times, things like that happen. And I don't know, it's just really valuable to train yourself to respond in those situations in a healthy way, because if you can do that, sky's the limit. And usually when it feels like, oh, this is going to be horrible, usually it's not as big of a deal as you think. From my most recent audition, I started playing and I I felt, oh, my read is over-soaked and my feeling really uncomfortable and I tried to keep my mind in that good mode of trying to keep trying to sound better and, and play better and and I know from experience that other auditions I've been in that situation where my mind goes the other direction and I start thinking negative thoughts like oh that didn't go too well oh this next thing isn't going to go well and then I stop doing those important things like supporting the embouchure and, and using a good airstream. So it's not always a bad thing if something bad happens in an audition. It's just really about how you respond to it. Well, it's a great story. An example of, I don't know, but I'm imagining you could easily have gone downhill right from that moment when your yeah. good read that you worked so hard on mm -hmm. and took time to prepare is not viable anymore. Yeah. And I've recorded myself a lot. So luckily because of that, I've had the experience of feeling like, oh, this sounds terrible. I feel so uncomfortable. Everything sounds awful and feels awful. But then when I go back to listen to it, it doesn't sound that bad. And actually my rhythm was bad, which I didn't realize, you know. <laughs> Is there anything that you do significantly differently in the last couple days that's worth mentioning? Besides sometimes there's a day devoted to travel, of course, but are you mm -hmm. changing things up significantly in the last two days or so? One thing that I wished I had done at certain auditions was take my own pillow to a hotel <laughs> just because you, and also earplugs, because sometimes when you travel, it's uncomfortable and you have this weird pillow and everything's loud. And um, 
so I might recommend that. But in general, I think just making sure you're thinking about the right things and thinking about what you need to do. And it's really good to set an intention. Um, I remember Oprah, I keep mentioning Oprah, she talked about this too, where she asks every guest on her show, what is your intention for the interview? And I think that's really important to set an intention for the performance or for the audition. So when, you know, when you might start overthinking details, you just get back to this intention and let that be your guide. Given that Sarah's daughter was born not so long before her audition, Rob also asked Sarah a few questions about what it was like to prepare for a big audition while having to juggle the competing demands of being a new mother. Oh, and it'll probably be pretty obvious in a moment, but Kenley was actually sitting on Sarah's lap at this point of the interview, so there are a few points during which the audio may not be quite as clear. So you've won two auditions. When when were they in relation to your pregnancy and, and birth of Kenley? So I got the second oboe job in Detroit in um, 2017, and then I auditioned for the assistant principal this past year in 2019, which was when she was about three months old. So you gave birth and then started preparing for an audition. How yeah. long in between? I tried to practice excerpts a few times before I gave birth, but it was kind of exhausting. And so then I um, had her and I took about three weeks off because um, physically it was just too hard to play. And then I started preparing um, for that. And I, I was kind of on the fence about whether I wanted to take the audition for a few weeks. So I really got serious about the audition about a month and a half before. I think. How did you prepare and raise a baby at the same time? Well, I was lucky um, that my husband is really hands-on. He helps out a lot. And uh, my parents are very helpful too and my in-laws so yeah we had a lot of help and I just tried to um, be very uh, efficient with my practicing it was kind of a good exercise in forcing me to really like every second make sure it's being used wisely and, and focus exactly on um, what I needed to and I think recording helped a lot with that, just knowing exactly what I needed to, to work on. How much did your practice time shrink between like the old days and with baby? I guess in the old days I would practice three or four hours and then make reads for a couple hours. But with this, I would be lucky if I could get two hours of practice and an hour and a half of read making. So. What were the kinds of things that you had to cut down on? I think I just really tried to force myself to play as well as I could possibly play every moment so there would be no wasted time trying to fix issues that shouldn't be there. I would just record and then jot down the things with each excerpt that I thought I needed to work on. And then I had that written down for the next time I could go back and, and remember just really narrowing in on the issues. 
So you really just had to make every minute count. Yeah, it taught me like how much free time I had before kids and how much time I wasted before kids. <laughs> and I'm sure if, if life got even crazier, I'd think that I had a lot of free time now. So. <laughs> Any advice to new moms or pregnant moms or people raising kids on how they can deal with the massive project of preparing for an audition? I always thought I would take auditions until I had kids because I didn't think it would be possible to win an audition with a kid. Um, but I think, you know, you never know what can happen. And in my mind, it seemed impossible to um, prepare for an audition with a baby because, as you can see, they're um, a lot to handle. <laughs> but in other ways, I found it helpful because it, it made me better at um, tackling challenges because with parenthood there are constant challenges so it kind of um, improved my attitude toward that. Um, it made me better at multitasking and also has given me a better perspective on like, life in general and, and also being so busy was helpful because um, it prevented me from overthinking things. You can read the transcript and check out the show notes for Sarah's episode at bulletproofmusician.com slash blog. And as we wrap up this three-part mini-series on audition preparation, I should mention that today is the last day to sign up for the semi-annual online audition bootcamp that Rob and I teach. If you've been looking for a summer project and working on honing your learning process and becoming more comfortable performing under pressure, it sounds like it might be a fun thing to work on. You can get all the details at bulletproofmusician.com slash bootcamp.